You're listening to the Grieving Together Show, a podcast that journeys through grief with individuals, couples, and families who've experienced the loss of someone that they love. Hi, my name is Kelly Bro, co-founder of Redbird Ministries, a pro-life, pro-family, Catholic grief support ministry located in the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm sitting down today with grieving families who have been impacted by loss, asking specific questions. How they found healing and hope in the middle of the storm, the lessons they learned, and tips we can all use to survive loss while staying close to our faith. I encourage you to lean in and allow God to love you through our words and take to heart what these incredible families have endured and how they have rise above their suffering. We hope you enjoy today's show. Today on the Grieving Together show, you will meet my friend Susan Skinner. She's a lifelong Catholic and has attended Catholic schools her whole life, including graduating from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. She's a wife and a mother to three children and resides in the South. She's always identified as Catholic, but it was through the murder of her good friend Veronica in 2010 that brought a transforming change to her heart and made her a true disciple of Jesus Christ. She now makes it her mission to spread his love and good news everywhere she goes. Her friend Veronica is her inspiration behind her blog called Veil of Veronica. Jesus isn't just someone we should know about. He is someone we should know personally. He has made her new and she now is the adult RCIA and faith formation coordinator of her parish church. And God has brought her to where she is today. She is nothing without him. Her blog is dedicated in loving memory of her friend Veronica Charmante Boza, born March 31st, 1971 in Milano, Italy, and died August 29th in 2010. Please help me welcome my friend Susan Skinner to our show. All right. Thank you uh, guys today for listening. We have on our show Susan Skinner. And I wanted to thank you for joining us and taking the time out of your day to, um, to share your story. You will definitely hear our children in the background. So just a forewarning to everybody, we are in the middle of quarantine and we're recording this during um, our two week, well, some of us four week uh, uh, quarantine and isolation. So just bear with us. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here with you. It's a blessing. Awesome. Well, just for all the listeners out there who are uh, wondering how we met, because I think that be- because of what, where we were and what we were doing um, was just, it was so profound. So Susan and I met at a retreat that was partially silent. <laughs> it's kind of the same way that I met Fran. I had her on the, on the podcast a couple weeks back. But yeah, we're not supposed to talk 
so there's like brief moments like at dinner that we get we get to um to talk and so i went with one of my friends ashley and um and my friend Ashley too. Yeah. We both had an Ashley. We both had, <laughs> and we were kind of instructed to just yeah. like to meet someone different. I think that's how they said. And I ended up at your table, <laughs> and um, it was just it was just yes, divine. yes, and it was awesome. <laughs> yes, it was. I actually have just stepped outside on my porch now so that I won't be interrupted except for maybe by birds. I hope that's okay with people. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine absolutely so yeah so I was sitting at Susan's table and she started we started sharing each with each other our stories and um, we were both intrigued of course by each other's story um, but today we're gonna find out about Susan and about her story and her conversion and just whenever you're ready Susan just Go yeah. at it, get it, girl. <laughs> just start talking. Do I start at the? Do I start at the beginning? Um, yeah, just say. Just so, first, t tell about yourself. Like, what do you do? You know, your mommy little okay. bio. <laughs> yeah. So um, currently, I am a wife. Well, I'm going to stay that way. A wife to Jason. <laughs> I have three children that are 17, 15, and 11. Um, and I am a director of RCIA and adult faith formation. Um, I have a blog. I am a writer for Catholic Stand. Um, what else do I do? I'm in deliverance ministry. Um, and yeah, that's, that's mostly, that's me in a nutshell. I'm getting a certificate in spiritual direction as well. Awesome. So. Can you just tell everyone who probably doesn't know what's uh, deliverance ministry, kind of just a little bit, what about what that is about? Yes. Yeah, so deliverance ministry is um, teaching people really what it essentially is, is teaching people how to walk the life of the gospel. Um, Christ is our deliverer. He frees us from sin, which frees us from anxiety, depression, despair, um, all of those things that plague us as a society. And so um, when we do deliverance ministry. We're ministering to people to help free them from those chains, chains that bind them. Um, the spiritual world is very real. We have an active entity that is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. Um, he's doing a pretty good job of it, but God is the victor mm -hmm. and always wins. And so um, part of the ministry is to teach people how to have that interior peace that surpasses all understanding so that the enemy doesn't steal, kill, and destroy. Awesome. That's beautiful work because I think yeah. that's what the majority of the world needs today is to be delivered by the oppressions that we, we have, those lies that we believe about ourselves. The, the biggest thing that we see is that people don't believe that the devil is real. Um, he is a real active entity and he um, flings poison arrows of suggestion at us. So we teach people to pay attention to their thoughts, where their thoughts are coming from, how to tell if something is a lie that they're believing. Um, there's a lot of people that believe that they're not worthy, not good enough, not loved, not wanted. And that's all a lie. God, the father in heaven loves all of us. And so 
when you get taught to distinguish like whose kingdom is speaking to you, you can, you know, sort through that mire with Christ at your side to become free. Um, and it's a really, really beautiful thing to watch people change from really a life of sin into a life of abundance and joy. And um, their whole countenance changes. We have people that come in and they look sick and then when they leave they're, they don't anymore. And a lot of them actually get physically healed. Um, that's because the deepest core of who you are is your soul. And when you heal your soul, your physical body often aligns with that healing. Yeah. We, um, that was one of the things why, uh, with Redbird that it was so important for me, um, at the, the center of our mission that we heal the mind, the body and the soul, because when mm -hmm. your souls heal, you can see these families, they, tr they transform. Right. Anxiety, Absolutely. the depression, um, the deepest pangs of their grief, just kind of like slowly go away. Absolutely. What happened with me? Yeah, I know your story is so, <laughs> is so beautiful. And, and, um, it's the trust in God that his plan is bigger than, than we can possibly know. And his love is bigger than we can possibly know. And when, when a soul finally realizes that, and embraces and receives it as a loved child of a good king. It's just a thing of beauty. It is. It's absolutely. just a thing of beauty. Okay. Well, we're going to jump in into your conversion story. Um, okay. So <laughs> just right. share with us how I know it's, it's a big part of your life and yeah. it's impacted yeah, it's, you tremendously. It's a long and winding story with like one really pivotal moment, but I, I'm going to like kind of back up a little bit sort of toward the beginning. I'm not going to tell you my whole life story, but <laughs> give a little bit of background is that I grew up Catholic my whole life, um, 16 years of Catholic school. My parents were very good parents. Um, they taught us the faith. Um, and But I don't know if I really ever truly embraced it. I mean, there were times growing up that I felt close to the Lord, but mostly I only prayed when I was suffering. Um, and I compared how I was doing to everybody else. And so if I, if I thought like, well, I, at least I'm doing this and they're not doing that, <laughs> then I thought, well, I'm good. And of course you come to learn, it's not about them and where you are. It's about you with God and where you are. Um, I think mother Teresa has a quote about that, but, um, so when, um, one of the things I struggled with though, growing up all the time was again, that voice in my head. Um, and the one that I had told me all the time that I was stupid and unwanted. Um, my parents never said those things to me, but there was just certain circumstances that took place in my environment. I had very brilliant siblings that I was not as smart as. Um, and so that's where the thought that I was stupid came from. Um, and then my parents had said that they planned three children, um, but had four and what, and they were like, and what a great loving surprise, but the devil took that statement and flung the thought at me that you aren't wanted. And so I embraced that belief and it was a lie. 
So coming from that, I was just like basically ripe for oppression is the way that I would put it. Um, And then, of course, in college, choosing to live sinful things, um, choosing that, even though I knew better, um, and that just gets you deeper into depression and anxiety. And by the time I got married, I would call myself a cafeteria Catholic. Um, I picked and chose what I picked and chose what I thought I should do. And the rest of it, I was like, well, I know better than you, God. Um, And I thought, you know, he couldn't possibly understand. And so after the birth of my first child, I, um, I had an idea in my head that it was going to be, um, you know, I was going to have a baby. I was going to be putting him in the jogging stroller, jog to Starbucks to get my cafe latte in the morning and, you know, breastfeed for a year and everything would be perfect. And instead I had the reverse of that, which, uh, so you can see that was a false expectation and false expectations set you up to fall really hard. And what I had in my head was worldly perfection instead of a perfection in virtue, which is different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up with really severe postpartum depression. Um, And I actually had thoughts that were so, they were violent and vile. Um, And I knew that wasn't who I was as a person, but I didn't know where it was coming from. So you follow all the best advice of the doctors um, and all of the counseling and cognitive behavioral therapy and medication, all of it, and you get to a place of good enough, I guess. Um, I should say prior to going to the doctor, I actually wanted to kill myself. I had a moment in the bathtub where I decided that I was just going to stick my head under the water and never come up. And in that moment, I got a very clear picture of my sister's face, and I knew that she would be sad, so I decided not to do it, and I looked to my left, and there was a rosary on the bathtub, and I I don't know how it got there, but God God does, and I picked it up and started praying, praying it, and um, that was the beginning of my hope and my, my journey towards truly following the gospel that that point when I picked up that rosary but it was a long and like years um where I went to counseling took medication if I felt anxious or depressed um did all the stuff that the world tells you to do um and and then in um August of 2010 my son um was in elementary school um, just second grade his best friend um, I was friends with his mother and um, she called to invite my son to spend the night like she had many many times before and I got sick to my stomach and so I said no but I and I didn't know why I got sick to my stomach but I like allowed him to go over and play for the day um, and he went and played and when I went and picked him up and my friend's name was Veronica and she told me what wonderful boys we had and 
how what gifts they were and she had bought them all this stuff at the grocery store because she was a very generous soul um and the next morning she was murdered right where i stood talking to her and then that day was august 29th of 2010 that's the passion of john the baptist which later came to mean a lot to me um and I don't think anything in my life could have prepared me for that suffering. Like to see these eight-year-old boys and, you know, hear the one was motherless and why, like why, why? And um, just for context, it turns out that her husband hired a hitman and uh, the hitman put four bullets into her head. Um, and I couldn't make sense of it. And so probably for the first time, I laid on my floor like wailing, like the kind of wailing that I, I don't, I mean, I can't even describe it. I'm sure you're aware of what it's like yourself. Um, but there was also this like rage, like complete, rage and probably for the first time in my life I had it out with God um, where it it was like a the only way I can describe it is Lieutenant Dan on the mast of the boat you know in um, mm -hmm. so, so I'm like screaming at him and and for the first time that I can really really remember he answered me back very clearly and I knew it wasn't my voice right um because of because of the answer and how it came back and he basically i was like why in the world would you let this happen like basically telling god he sucked sorry to say that but like um and he was like i don't choose these things people choose these things and i was like well how am i supposed to live in a world with all this evil and he he was like good in the world with you and and in that moment um all I can say is I felt like my conscience got illuminated and he showed me who I was and he showed me um a couple different things but he showed me the scripture of in Matthew where it says if a man looks lustfully he's already committed an, a sin in his heart and I had never really understood that verse. Like I was like, how can a thought be a sin? But then it made sense that the sin starts with the thought being flung at you. And then you start to entertain the thought. And the thought comes down to your heart before you ever act on it with your hands. And, and so he was like, so her husband didn't start out life as a murderer. Yeah. He didn't start that way, but he had, he led a life of unexamined conscience mm -hmm. where he never took a look at who he was and how he was living and the ways that I have taught the commandments that I have taught. And so then he showed me my own soul and my own soul. I was horrified because yeah. I was like, do I, did I really love my, I mean, I didn't love my enemy, I'll just say that, but I don't think I even loved my neighbor. Um, 
and like my literal neighbor i would get mad at my literal neighbor and want to report them to the hoa because the lawn wasn't mowed and i came at through this process came to find out it wasn't mowed because he had had a heart attack and he couldn't oh. do it and mm -hmm. if you just talk to people and have a relationship <laughs> you know and so yeah. It was from there that I went and I made the biggest confession of my life. Just like everything I, I had ever done. I was like sobbing and sobbing. And my friend's name was Veronica. And the, the Lord showed me in the Stations of the Cross, Veronica, how, he, how she wiped his face. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it didn't stop my passion. Mm -hmm. But for a moment, like the love that I felt from her was glorious and she helped me in my suffering and took part in my suffering and you can do the same for other people and and it was like in that moment that i i was like i'm changed like mm -hmm. i'm forever i'm forever changed and so um you know it, it, it it's a it's always a walk right into yeah. the the depth of the lord um and I even had to walk understanding what did God do on the cross, which was forgive us everything, yes. which includes me forgiving a murderer mm -hmm. for murdering my friend. Um, and truly like understanding what the great saints talked about, that union with the will of God looks at other people with love and not judgment. Um, but keeps the commandments it's that narrow road of balance of like the commandments are so um true and beautiful and they are made from love and when you understand that they're made from love you keep them absolutely um and but also understanding that the people that we come across don't always have the knowledge and the understanding of that and so you know smack them down in judgment um it's a both and it's a judge not lest you be judged and a go and sin no more it's not mm -hmm. one or the other and i feel like it's a narrow road that people tend to fall off on one side or the other mm -hmm. and that's the gist of my story <laughs> <laughs> Um, and from there, you know, it's led me to where I am. I, I've, like I said, I've worked in deliverance ministry. I've partaken in exorcism um, wow. as, as a, like an intercessor and mm -hmm. um, just understanding that the, the war is raging around us and the enemy is not people, it's Satan. Absolutely. And there's a reason why the Blessed Mother steps on his head. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to be doing that too. And yes. instead of being afraid of him, like right now during this whole coronavirus, the fear is a mm -hmm. beast. And that's a spirit. That's a spirit. Um, yes. But you can have calm and peace in the middle of the storm yes when your eyes are focused on the love of jesus christ yeah so can you help us and give us some suggestions on tips uh for those who are grieving or suffering uh, from depression uh some of the things that you've you've done over the past years that maybe will help them to um yeah 
to yeah, keep that I, freedom. I I think so. I think it's important to distinguish. There's there's a lot there. There's a lot to that question, right? <laughs> um, but there's a there's an. It's important to distinguish between emotion and spirit. So um, oftentimes we feel like emo like emotion is bad, but it isn't. So anger, uh, sadness, um, like all of those things that you can come that come with grief are normal and they're okay. And we tend to think of them as bad and we either then get like, when, when you think of something that God gave you as bad, you're opening yourself up to be attacked by a spirit of it. So there's a spirit of fear and there's a spirit of anger or rage, but, but that's separate from the emotion and everything God gives us is a gift. And there's every gift that God gives us brings redemption and healing because it came from God. So it's, it's like, okay, to walk in all of those feelings. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that you don't want to put your focus on the feelings instead of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if, there's a lot of shame that when people feel this way, they, you know, I know that was one of my issues. I thought I was a bad Catholic because I couldn't carry my cross. And everybody right. kept telling me, you know, yeah. you pick up your cross and like, I just wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> Yep, I got that. Oh my gosh! So I was, I was raging too. <laughs> well, and, and and it's one of those things. And people, people mean well, mm -hmm. but they they say things to you that you're like, um, and and then the and then the devil uses what they say oh, yeah. to like if you have unbearable. And that's why Christ is there to carry. He's the one that carried the cross, right? And so um, I, I liken it to, you know, the scripture throughout it. There's, there's examples of like emotion and then spirits that, that come in and take over. And, and Peter is one of the ones to me that is a hot mess. I love him so much because I'm like, you are such a mess just like me. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, there's that, that, um, the, a couple of stories, the first one where he's walking on the water, where Peter walks on the water, Peter is, um, you know, first Jesus appears and he's walking on the water and it's, uh, right. Well, that's normal. Like they, they're experiencing something they've never seen before, never had to deal with. And they're terrified. Totally normal. Like any kind of, so that's any, um, but then Jesus says like, I'm here. And then that's when they calm down. Like, and you, you know, when you feel the presence of Christ and you know, he's just holding you in the midst of whatever feeling that is, that's where your strength comes from. Yeah. Right. And so you've handed that feeling to him. And in that moment, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus tells him to come and he walks on the water. Mm -hmm. So he's not caught in that emotion. But the second that he looks away from Jesus, he, he's making a choice here to worry, to have fear, 
and looks at the wind, he starts to sink, right? So that's when he's let now a spirit in that can take over. And he, and but Peter, to his greatness, turns back to the Lord when that happens and calls out, save me. And Jesus mm-hmm. saves him, right? So it's that interaction. And it's like, you know, that this miraculous thing happens, but then he still gets distracted and makes mm-hmm. a choice. And that's like in your, in his soul, making that choice to look away, but then in his soul, making the choice to come back and the Lord saves him. And so every, anytime we get caught in any emotion, I think the Lord just wants us to hand the emotion to him, be okay with the emotion. Don't be ashamed of it. You know, we should have shame if, if we're guilty of something, but um, that's what confession is for. But but that like emotion is trying to teach us something. It's trying to teach us who to turn to. And, and later in the garden, Peter, you know, they come to arrest Jesus. And this is in the gospel of John. And you can hear that um, Jesus says, says like, let them go. And that this was to fulfill that not one of them would be lost. So he's like, these are his people and not one of them's going to be lost at, mm-hmm. at this moment in time. Like we have that reassurance from him, like that even if you are in the depths, that you, he is not going to forsake you and leave you. But Peter, again, makes a decision here, even after all this time, he pulls out his sword and cuts off the ear of Malcolm and jesus is like stop and you have to think that peter was like what do you mean stop yeah i've seen you raise people from the dead i've seen you calm the storm i've seen you feed five thousand people heal the blind and the lame what do you mean um and then this is where peter's like still looking in a worldly way and he has a false expectation of who Jesus should be. Um, And that's, so when you're like, again, back to grief, when you're sitting in grief and like this, this one drove me crazy. God love my husband. God love him. When are you going to be better? When are you going to be better? Um, and he was putting an expectation of timeline on me to be better. And I feel like you just have to like, sometimes just be in it and let the Lord be in it with you and not have an expectation of this should or shouldn't happen. Just be open to how the Lord is going to give you his grace. Right. Yes. And so there, there with Peter, when he, when his false expectation crumbles, he decides he has to save himself and he starts lying Mm -hmm. and deny and deny and deny. And it isn't until the cock crows that he realizes, you know, that everything that Jesus had told him had just happened. He bitterly weeps. That's the first time he leads. And it's an act of humility. Mm-hmm. 
and even in the grief, like I had all this anger and, um, and really rage and just sadness and despair. Um, and there was a point that came that I had to like, just let go of it. God walked me through it though, but let go of it where, and that's deliverance when Mm -hmm. you let go of it. Um, and you say it's not in my control, it's in your control, and you you decide to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and trust is a little bit different than faith, because yeah. faith faith is the belief in the things unseen, but trust is built from experience. Mm-hmm. And because we experience suffering, we tend to blame God for it instead mm-hmm. of the un- instead of the entity. That's actually causing it, which is Satan. And so um, I I often say that um, I learned this from Jansen. You remember Jansen? Yeah. um, Jansen Bagwell, you spoke with him. But he said, we have to learn to fight intelligently. And we spend our time fighting each other, but we're supposed to be fighting double. Oh, yeah. And that in in scripture, when, um, you know, the curse placed on the serpent is enmity between the woman and her offspring. That enmity, that's an active hatred. It's a holy hatred mm-hmm. instituted by God. So we actually, when we experience this grief and we have this rage, we do have a place to put it. Mm-hmm. And it's straight at Satan, yeah. straight at Satan, because, and that's fighting intelligently. Um, and we have weapons in the battle of prayer. Um, but, you know, you have to walk through it and, and it takes time. And mm-hmm. every, like even the people Jesus came across in scripture, um, and you think about the road to Emmaus, mm-hmm. he, um, they, would, they, they were talking and they poured out to him and he listened, right? Yeah. He walked. Mm-hmm. And then there, there came a moment for him to reveal and the grace to be poured over. But God can't pour over you unless you open up all of who you are to him. Um, and you, you hand it all to him. Everything. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I know, and I, I confess it later. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be like questioning and, and rage filled at God, but I let him have it. I was yeah. like, what, what in the world are you doing? And I, and, and it was almost as if the Lord said, finally, you're real with me. Yeah. Cause That's he already knows. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. I think that's, I think a lot of people sometimes but he wants us to, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. That's <laughs> okay. No, go ahead. No, you didn't. I think the bird was chirping. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I said, I, I think, I think a lot of the times that we just feel like we shouldn't say like this anger, like we shouldn't talk to God in anger. So so, like we hold it in and we bottle it in and then it comes like an explosion instead of just communicating with God, how we feel, because that's all he wants. He wants all of us, you know, like when we don't understand, you know, he wants our love. He wants our suffering. He wants all of us. That's the only way that he can, continue to transform us, continue to bring us closer to him. But I think like there's a lot of people who 
they don't want to admit that they're angry with God. Right. And I it's will, a roadblock to them. I will say that I used to go to church with this prior to all of this, and I would try to present my best self before God. <laughs> like, in, and it's like pretentious a little bit, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, look how reverent I am, and look how, and um, and that is just like he. That's not what he wants. He mm-hmm. already knows exactly who we are, but he can't pour into us until we give it to him mm-hmm. and show him like, he's the one that gave us these emotions, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, and to use them properly, right? And we can, and once we learn how to use them properly, we can make decisions in our soul mm-hmm. that are like holy and saintly, but um, it's, you know, it's all, it's all a, a walk again to learn how to do that. And, um, I was, I was a mess. Some days I still am, mm-hmm. you know, I've early on with this coronavirus, I could feel the anxiety welling up and, and it occurred to me that, you know, like reading every single article about everything was me looking at the wind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Peter was, you know, and it was causing me to sink. And I had to like, just decide that um, I wasn't going to look at the wind. I was going to look at Jesus. And in this time when we're, we don't have recourse to the sacraments, Mm -hmm. the best weapon we have is the word and prayer. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I have in my home is a picture of his holy face. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I find my anxiety like ticking up, I just, I just go look at him and talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, and, you know, try to make that spiritual communion and keep up with the daily examine because it's, it's really an interior battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear it. And I, and I do think that coming to that understanding is a walk also. You know, um, I used to, I used to fear that more than anything. And now I sort of feel like St. Paul who, you know, he was basically like, well, I really want to go be with you, but if you're going to make me be here, then I'm good with that too. (laughs) And, um, just whatever the Lord wills. And, but it's all about purifying our souls and, um, preparing us really like, the ultimate end goal is union with the divine will, which is love itself, you know, and, and just love, love is really the answer. That's not a cliche. (laughs) It's not a cliche. (laughs) I know there's, um, like you were saying, like the reading all of the materials of the coronavirus, uh, my husband came into my office the other day and, a lot of the times I survive, you know, and intentionally avoid triggers because I want mm-hmm. to live in peace. And so he came in my office and he was sitting in my in the chair across from my desk and I kind of just sat back and he was like just 
sharing with me like about the stock market and about yes. the oil prices and about <laughs> how many people died. Well, I don't need to laugh. Many, but no, I'm serious. Yes, like <laughs> my husband did the same thing. So. And then uh, he also uh, the conspiracy theory behind the president's election, and I'm like just sitting here looking at him, and you can see me, but nobody else can, and I'm just like that. Okay. And he's like, like, what's wrong? I said it feels like I'm drinking out of a fire hose. Like I literally could right. feel myself just like melting. I was like, I didn't want to hear any of it. Like, yeah. like none of that, none right. of that affects me today. Like I need to live in this moment today. Like, right. I, like the stock mar- market has not crashed. Um, we have right. not proven no conspiracy theory. Right. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I, like, I, in spiritual direction, will find myself sometimes just telling people, all you have to do today is just breathe, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm sitting on my front porch right now, and I'm watching these birds that are coming up to the bird feeder, Mm -hmm. and they are not worried. (laughs) They're not. Right? And, And remember the scripture of, like, how much more does our Heavenly Father care about us than the birds that are you know right here on my front porch how much more does he care about us and it's not to say like oh be a ostrich and bury your head in the ground it's fine to like keep up and like understand um understand what's going on um but where where it becomes the problem is just exactly what you described it's that fire hose that's coming at you and it's mm-hmm. like the spirit of fear will wash over you the same as the spirit of the lord can wash over you and bring you the the peace yes. and so uh, you have to know again whose kingdom you know mm-hmm. whose kingdom is this coming from and you know god love our husbands because you know at least with mine he's super practical yes and i feel like he does complete me in a way that you know he has these gifts that i don't mm-hmm. that i don't have um and and we actually make a wonderful team using our gifts together and see this is what what one of the things this, the devil is trying to do is steal your gift Mm-hmm. He's trying to steal your purpose and twist it and use it in a way that doesn't serve God's kingdom. So mm-hmm. like our husbands and their practicality and understanding, you know, finances and all of this stuff, that gift can be used to serve God's kingdom in a way that protects us the way St. Joseph protected Mary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or it can be used for the devil to come in and put a spirit of fear among, in your household. Absolutely. And when, when we look at the Holy family, you know, I talk about this all the time with people cause I, and my husband allows me to talk about this, but probably the first 10 years of our marriage, it was rough. Mm-hmm. We're two really strong personalities. Um, very opposite. You know, there's like personality tests. I was the ENF. He was the ISTJ. So when we fought, it was it was wicked, and um, it was our mother. It was our mother Mary that kept coming to me, and she would show me little things. And I I got stuck in a lot of bitterness and anger toward him, 
Um, and she was like, that's not the way I need you to see his gifts. And she showed me when Joseph wanted to divorce her quietly, mm-hmm. how she didn't rage at him. And she wasn't like, well, I'm super holy and you're a loser, mm-hmm. you know, and you won't take care of me. She prayed for him and she waited for God to act. Mm-hmm. And because Joseph was a righteous man, when the angel appeared to him in the dream, he listened. Mm-hmm. And think about all the anxiety that they were under, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, like the reputations. She could be stoned for this situation that she's in, mm-hmm. you know, that, that 70-mile journey to for the census to Bethlehem. Um, and then King Herod decides he's going to kill all the children. And here we have a righteous man who listens to God's will. It wasn't just Mary that said yes. Joseph said yes, too. Oh, yeah. But as wives, like, we have to help our husbands say yes. And mm-hmm. we, we don't do that if we're berating them. Yeah. And I, and I did that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, um, it's an ache in my soul. I know the Lord has forgiven me for it, but I, um, I had to learn to look at his gifts and pour into him. And, yes. and right now, just this whole spirit of fear that's everywhere, we're tearing each other apart. Yes. I don't, I don't care like what political party you are. Mm-hmm. The gospel of Matthew says we'll be taken to account for every careless word that comes out of our mouths. Mm-hmm. And these are real people we're dealing with. Yes. Um, and we just, like, if you're going to walk in the gospel, you have to, you have to learn to love and pray mm-hmm. for people who aren't on the right path. You yes. know? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a lot. <laughs> that's a good, oh, that's all great. I think that's a lot of tips, a lot of help with, you know, how to get through these next few weeks. Um, the only lot, the last thing that I was going to ask you is how can our listeners, um, follow you on your blog so how do they get yeah so so i'm so not techie and i was looking today about the rss feeds and the plugins and i'm like i hadn't done any of that and my blog today was on the headline of spirit daily so my phone was blowing up and i had people anyway there is a subscribe button and and i think it's like down and if you're on a computer screen it's in the bottom right corner um you can also monthly my articles come out at catholic stand um uh, on my blog you can contact me at susan cgs cg skinner at gmail.com um and I do answer emails when I um, have time to do that. And um, yeah, and I, I work at St. Philip Church in Franklin, Tennessee. Of course, it's uh, closed right now. Mm-hmm. So I won't be answering my work phone. Um, but yeah, um, I need to get more tech savvy and come up with, I see, I decided when I started my blog all those years ago that I was not going to market or promote it, that if God's word needed to get out, it would. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and people are, are reading it. And I am blessed that way, but I, now I feel like, well, maybe I should do some other stuff that I haven't done. So. I don't know. Does that help you? <laughs> yeah, that, it, there's always uh, room for growth. You always have time to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I had decided, like, I didn't want to, like, treat the gospel as, and I, and I, this is not, like, anything against anybody that does these kind of things, but I wasn't going to market it because I just feel like the gospel speaks for itself, mm -hmm. and um, that said, I completely, like, understand why we do what we do, because it's a, a message that needs to be out there. Mm -hmm. But like where I was at the time, I, and when I started my blog in 2013, I thought it was going to be like me and my parents that read it maybe. <laughs> um, and so now that we are here in this place where we're locked in our homes, I've got to start thinking about other ways of um, communicating with people and getting it out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, because at least for the next little bit, this is how it's going to be. So, yeah, it's a bumpy. It's, it's it's a bumpy ride, but the Lord is is holding us in the palm of His hand. That's right. We're doing um, an online workshop tonight, and so that's kind of what I've been thinking too. We're still my group of friends. We're still doing Wednesday morning prayer group. I was like, we're not yeah. stopping doing that. That's and awesome. how can I help like our families um, who? are suffering from grief, but also those who are suffering from fear, anxiety. And we know yes. this isolation just intensifies. Right. Like our See, worry. I, yeah. I was going to say most of my ministry work is done through the parish at St. Philip mm -hmm. um, in Franklin. And um, so we're like, we just had a two hour meeting about how to help our parishioners and it extends beyond that because we're you know live streaming the mass and adoration mm -hmm. and all of that stuff so that um even though we can't be present in person people still have um the ability to spiritually commune with that and each mm -hmm. other and we're trying to run our classes um through zoom mm -hmm. um that kind of stuff uh and you know i've got my spirit my spiritual prayer group with my Ashley <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and our other friends, Sean, um, Leah, Christy, there's a bunch of us that we're using the technology to pray together. So, yes. yes. Yeah. So encourage, I encourage everybody to continue to with that zoom. Doesn't zoom, isn't zoom free. Well, so the basic, I just learned all this. The basic okay. is free and the free gets you like, 40 minutes okay. um, and there's a, like a limited number of people that can sign in on that which I still think is like a hundred people but um, and then if you pay for the it's like $14.95 a month it's like that's much higher access and you can reserve it for a longer period of time and mm -hmm. so that's that's mostly like you know where you have an independent ministry your mm -hmm. red bird ministries Mine is done through the parish level, um, and that's where you know we're we're focusing most of our work. Mm -hmm. um, I am probably like in the next few weeks gonna start working with a group called Ladare, although that's not all worked out yet. So we'll see. And what do they I don't know. do? Um, it's basically same thing about getting the gospel message out, mm -hmm. um, and they're just. Catholics in Nashville that have a very strong faith um, mm -hmm. and just really uh, want to do what Jesus said in the Great Commissioning, make disciples of all nations, mm -hmm. you know, um, so. 
I think technology has helped us reach the four corners of the earth. That's right. The people that we that need to be hearing this, they're the ones that are on technology. Mm-hmm. So I think That's it's a great, true. great access, great tool and to be a light into that darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I, and it's that seed that you're planting. Cause what I find with Redbird is that, you know, people come to us for their grief, for their suffering. Mm-hmm. But what happens is they're going to confession some 10, 20 years, their, their soul is being healed. And then what happens whenever you encounter Christ on that personal level, when you just, when God comes from, I know who he is to this deep, personal, intimate relationship. And these families are just being transformed. So is that one little seed that one act of kindness? Yeah. Just journeying with them through that suffering and then their whole lives are transformed. And God love you for what you're doing. You know, one of the parts of the story I left out is that I lost a child to miscarriage and oftentimes the grief in that is hidden because we didn't we didn't get to see our child and Mm -hmm. um you know again that shame that I should be better than I am Mm -hmm. after this happens and um you know I would like to see masses offered for these unborn souls um that you know didn't have the opportunity whether through miscarriage or even um, healing for abortion, these mm-hmm. masses for the unborn souls um, that weren't baptized and all that, that yes. sends to them. And, the, you know, I, I feel like in this time that, you know, we can't be at mass, the priests can be offering intentions. They probably still have their same regular intentions, yes. but, uh, you know, things like that um, could be added to that. So... Absolutely. And keep our priests in prayer. Yes, absolutely. Well, I love that idea, the, the masses for the unborn. Um, mm-hmm. As we are getting our resources together, as we're working through some stuff, I, I keep like a little note, like, okay, this is what I want to um, work on. We had one of our um, grieving moms that I interviewed her, who's, her podcast is going to air, I think, April 1st. But she said something and like I, I wrote it down and I underlined it and, I, and then I turned it over to her and I said, she said, I wish there was like a 1-800 number that people could call when they're grieving. Like they pick mm-hmm. up a phone and speak to whatever, if they're a grieving mama, they'd speak to a grieving mama, if they're a grieving father. And I, so I told, turned it around and I told her, I said, maybe we need to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, and I was going to say, like, you know, you've got counseling lines, but as we talked about earlier, like, you know, we go to the doctor for our physical body and we go to a counselor for our mind, our mental health, right? And they're mm-hmm. both very important, yes. but resources for our soul. Yeah. And it's like all that cognitive behavioral therapy, it got me to a place of good enough. I was mm-hmm. functioning, but I was not living in joy. No. And joy mm-hmm. is different. And joy mm-hmm. comes from the Lord. And that Absolutely. comes when your soul is healed. Yeah. And and that, so that 1-800 line, like a spiritual one. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like I do that a little bit in spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the the spiritual part of it, the spiritual aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different level of depth than just, um, 
emotional counseling. Yeah. You know? and so that's a great idea. I got your yeah, 1-800 number. <laughs> it's, it's a great idea. And I think too, like it just, whenever, whenever you, you need to be healed on that level, and this is the last thing that I'll share, but um, when you enter a conversation with someone who's been through the same thing as you, mm-hmm. there is walls that are immediately torn down. Yep. We will not like, I, I will share stuff with another mom of loss that I would never share with my sister that I would never share with my sister-in-law. You know, just, there's just things that you share and it's the things that need to be shared is the things that need to be talked about is the things that need to be brought to the foot of the cross. And so what happens is those walls are just, yes. they're just torn down mm-hmm. and we can expose our, our, our authentic self, our true heart, and then Christ can come and enter that. So right. something like that. I, I totally get that. And that's not yeah. a judgment against mm-hmm. the people who haven't experienced it. It's just yeah. that there's this, I don't know, raw, um, rawness of revealing your soul to mm-hmm. someone who's been to the depths that you've been to. Um, and there that relational connection there that happens um and I, that's what god's all about is relationship mm-hmm. right um, you know i always say that about mary she was the daughter of god the father spouse of the holy spirit mother of the son all things relationship with the trinity Absolutely. and that's what we're supposed to be too so Absolutely. Well, that's all we got for the Grieving Together show. I hope you enjoyed this amazing testimony and interview with uh, Susan Skinner. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening today to the Grieving Together show. Our hope is that you were able to find comfort in your grieving journey. To find out more about what resources and events Redbird Ministries has to offer, please visit us at www.redbird.love or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Please make sure that you subscribe to our email list so that you can stay current on what is offered. If our show has touched your heart and you would like to make a charitable donation, you can do so on our website at www.redbird.love/donate. Lastly, if you would like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to us at kelly@redbird.love. We leave you today in the two hearts. May God protect you and keep you and God bless you.